you could work for like three years and then you see it pay off in like three months. There's always something that's going to make you feel like, oh man, we're not anywhere near where we could be or need to be. If you can find someone that is doing the thing that you want to be doing, your journey will be accelerated by 10x. If you're willing to do the hard work and you're willing to mm -hmm. find people to teach you, you're going to get somewhere. Don't just go to someone and be like, hey, can you help me get there? Provide value. We were once just two guys, picked up a camera and started doing something. Relationships have to be symbiotic. If you become a parasite, nobody will want to help you. Are you a businessman or are you a technician? There will be stages in which you can't really afford the best talent. You're going to have to figure out ways to keep people excited. Because if you're a technician and you're just about the art, there's businessmen that will hire you. But if you're a business person who also does filming, then you're probably more equipped to do the entrepreneur freelance type life. If you're new here, my name is Nelson and I'm the host of the Creative Grid podcast. Basically, I'm a creative entrepreneur that just decided to quit everything to pursue his passion of making videos. And today I have my video production business, Vice Creative, I make a full-time living. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to help other creative entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams, success, and anything they want in life. In order to do so, we usually have extraordinary guests to help us identify the different tools and methods to achieve uh, your goals and dreams. Today is not exception. Today's guest is a photographer, filmmaker, creative director, and one of the owners of the incredible Moonboy Studios. Please welcome the legend, the incredible Jacob Peterson. How are you, my man? I'm good, man. That is quite the introduction. Yeah, do you like it? Was it I'm good like, enough? Good I'm enough? I'm like ready to go now. That's, I like that. <laughs> nice, I like that. Nice. I needed to pump you up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. How are you, bro? What's been happening? How did we meet? Let's let's how tell people how did we meet. We met at um at an eternal MMA event. We were just filming. Yes. Yeah, and I guess like kind of like. I guess over time, right? Every few months, mm -hmm. we just keep seeing each other and be like, yeah. "Oh, what's up?" You know, what you've been up to? But then I found interesting. We'd always have like very um, like the chats wouldn't just be like surface level. Like it'd go like, "Oh, mm -hmm. you know," like straight into like talking about like creative stuff and like things that's been going on, and then yeah. business stuff and everything. Yeah. You know, so it like yeah, I kind of was like, "Oh, okay, this guy like." you're you're on that level and i was listening to one of your last podcasts and you're like on that level where you're obsessed with it and, you know mm -hmm. like yeah i feel like you're kind of very much in that lane because as soon as you find someone who's doing something that you kind of recognize oh they're doing some good stuff mm. your questions and the way you talk to them like it kind of angles towards how do i like get knowledge and like get some i guess context about mm -hmm. how they're doing things and stuff you know yeah 100 so, yeah. and that's one one thing that you can't underestimate if you're being like a, even a freelancer or just an, a, an entrepreneur or someone that is trying to build a business, mm. like, man, just networking and understanding what other people in your field, in your industry are doing. How are they doing it? Why are they doing it that way? You mm. know, how are they running their business? Like the little intricacies that could potentially, you know, provide some value to you and trying to even provide some value as, as, as well to them. You know, I never try to talk to someone about all this stuff and not provide. You know, mm. I always try my best at engaging an interaction that is not superficial, you know, of just like, oh, what camera are you using or whatever? That's <laughs> Those are not quality questions, mm. you know. Learn to ask quality questions. And that could be, you know, that could vary depending on your industry or what you're trying to achieve or from being filmmaker, or photographer, or designer or whatever. But learn to ask questions that are going to actually make some sort of difference to 
the current trajectory that you're on. Yeah, you definitely. Know? I think that's important. And I think it's also like it, it differentiates you from like every other person you would meet in mm -hmm. that situation. Because you go to, you, when you're shooting an event like that, you're meeting probably like a whole bunch of new people. Mm -hmm but like people who ask interesting questions and you get like this deeper sort of like conversation with, mm -hmm. you're going to remember them, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And that's how like, I guess like we've kind of messaged here and there on Instagram mm -hmm. between then, mm -hmm. but it, every time we catch up, we're still talking like, yeah. like it was like, yeah, I don't know. It always seemed like, like really good quality kind of, kind of conversations and yeah. stuff, you know? That's so, awesome, brother. Yeah, yeah. No, and I knew about you guys and someone, someone told me, I think that they, that we met like, or maybe it was you by, by talking like, oh, I work with Moonboy and stuff. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, I've seen your, the work that you guys produce and it's incredible. It's oh, incredible. If you. if you guys haven't checked that out, definitely go and have a look at Moonboy Studios. These guys are legends of what they do we're gonna get into it but first for people that have never heard anything about you can you give us a story of, of who you are and how do you got to where you are right now yeah sure um i guess my name's jacob um from brisbane pretty much been there my whole life which i want to change soon maybe who knows you know but um i guess yeah just started off started off with like this always kind of been artistic always kind of been creative and stuff like that you know but um yeah it wasn't until picking up a camera and just kind of being like oh okay maybe this is what i'm interested in you know mm -hmm. um from there just started shooting stuff you know didn't really like i studied multimedia which had a bit of video stuff in there mm -hmm. but most of it was like a whole bunch of different stuff but i think picking up a camera and starting and just networking and shooting and editing and yeah. learning from your mistakes and finding other people who can offer you more more like information and like oh hey you're doing this wrong try this you know mm -hmm. like those kind of mm -hmm. things you know so yeah just meeting a lot of people along the way and yeah found a job at culture kings which is like a streetwear business and i was there for nearly five years mm -hmm. um that helped really like grow my skill set, I guess, doing something every day all the you time. You were taking charge of like all the creative aspects of um, their business or what? Uh, I guess just mainly the video part. Mm -hmm. But like before I was there, there was no other full-time person. So mm. there was no blueprint. There was no, mm -hmm. there was no like you need to fill these shoes or anything yeah. like that. It was kind of like, oh yeah, we have a video guy now. Let's see what he can do. Mm -hmm. And then it yeah. was kind of quite open to me, like whatever they needed video of, just having free reign to try and create something cool mm -hmm. you know so yeah. i guess having that freedom as well to kind of like learn make mistakes try new things yeah. you know all that stuff yeah and then have that being your job as well you know so i guess like that was very valuable as well but um yeah kind of stepped away from that about two years ago mm -hmm. just to um join up with Moonboy, whose name's kevin and um he'd been working with a close friend of mine who left culture kings quite earlier a little bit earlier as well so they were both kind of in my ear. Hey, when are you going to come? You should join up with us. We're going yeah, to do right. cool shit, you know? So yeah. yeah. Then joined up with um, Kevin and just, yeah, been working on music videos, brand campaigns, mm -hmm. just whatever sort of comes our way really, you know? So yeah. yeah, trying to, trying to always push the boundaries though, you know, yeah. trying to grow it with every project and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's, that's a quick rundown, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, that and it's clear when you look at the work that you guys are producing these days that mm. you're hundred percent pushing the boundaries. Oh. Every video Appreciate is it. very different to to the last one. I kind of went went through the latest stuff that you guys been producing and man it's unreal like the videos that you made the last one the last music video was that one in sydney i think it was yeah yeah it was an artist called sl who's from the uk 
Yeah. Yeah. Man, it, it was incredible. And the, the amount, of, the level of work that you guys put in post-production. Oh, that's all, that's all Kevin. But yeah. yeah, yeah. The, dude, he's a wizard. He is. He, yeah, he's a wizard. Yeah. We'll definitely love to have you on the podcast, Kevin, if you're watching yeah, this. You gotta get a hold uh, of him. Let's organize <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, so what's, what's your role within Moonboy? And before I forget, mm. how much were you being paid as a full-time videographer for that company before? Full-time, I mean, when I started... When I started, I was just looking for something a little bit more than what I was doing mm. already. You know, I was just like working for a family business doing graphic design. Mm. And this, this job came about, did a trial. They were like, cool, we liked what you did for the trial. How much do you want? <laughs> <laughs> they asked you, know? you yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, like, yeah. they're like, what would you be yeah. expecting salary-wise? And mm. I was like, oh, this is what I earn now. So I just went up a little bit and then landed mm. that. By the time I left, um, I mean, I think I was on maybe between 80 and 90,000 yeah, a year, cool. which is... You know, mm. it's pretty good for, for mm. full-time doing video, I mm -hmm. guess. But um, yeah, kind of felt like the having more freedom and building something that I'm kind of more of a part of, I guess. Yes. Was kind of more valuable. So, and also just learning, you know, Kevin's, yeah. so Kevin's a good editor and like the way he sees things and breaks things down when we're shooting and stuff and lights and mm. the way he lights things up and mm. just everything, you know, like he has a, he has like a very, very focused orientated mind, like very detail orientated mm. across shooting and editing. So mm. Just trying to like learn from him as well and just mm. level up my my video skills and video production skills, mm. I guess. That was also a reason because working in a business, it's quite fast paced and it's mm -hmm. like you shoot something in the morning, sometimes you're editing and delivering that afternoon. Yes. You know? And yes. it's kinda of like, okay, next, 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 you know. Yes. Not much time to break things down and really go deep and learn new things and implement mm -hmm. new things in that kind of environment, yeah. you know. Or so, even storytelling, hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even the storytelling part, like you can't really um write write out like i say you can't write out a full campaign kind of breakdown thing because it's mm -hmm. kind of like just go shoot it in the city and shoot it and then turn it around they post it on social media and it's done you know what's next yeah. so yeah quite quite a quick paced environment but mm. they both have different values you mm. know it's like one teaches you to be fast and get things done and mm. um not always focus on perfection and mm. now coming into this environment everything's kind of like okay how do we make this as good as it can be mm -hmm. you know so yeah, I think it's good to have both sort of mindsets though. And it's like, how do you balance them? I guess mm -hmm. trying to balance all of it is always the difficulty, right? Mm. So when you uh, get into Moonboy Studios, mm. what has been your role? What, how does it usually work for you? Um, I guess we kind of came to a realization, like I was editing a few things here and there, but like Kevin is like a really, really good editor. Like Mm -hmm. I would say he's probably one of the best in Australia at editing, like oh, the VFX, yeah. Yeah. the VFX and like mm -hmm. the amount of like work and after effects that he can do. Mm -hmm. So I kind of realized fairly quickly that like, I'm probably not built for that because mm -hmm. like I'm kind of more across multiple things and it's probably from being in the fast paced environment. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, you know, you're editing yeah. something, but you're answering the email and you're planning something else, you yes. know, yes. whereas like Kevin's really good at just sitting down. He can sit down and just edit for like 10 hours straight. You know, and it's like, yeah. I see that. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. And to get to his level, I would have to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do that. And, you know, so mm. like we kind of had, a, we kind of had a talk and it's kind of like, okay, like because I'm more across things like that, I can probably do be more value in pre-production, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. coming up with ideas, running the meetings, pre-producing, um, just all, all organizing that sort of front end of the, of the project. Mm. Then shoot days, shoot days, usually like Kevin will be, Kevin will be like um, directing. I'll kind of like, if I've led it up to there, I might direct a bit as well. 
we have different people who shoot. Sometimes we get a DOP on board if mm. if it's there's enough budget for like a higher camera package, like an Arri or mm. a Red or something like that, you know. So it's very much like kind of using our network to plug people into certain roles on projects that mm. we think is going to make the best outcome, you know. So yeah, I guess my value lately has put it sort of been more in the pre pre production thing, mm. and um, even in post production, just trying to like keep things going you know yeah sending things to colorists getting it back getting in yep. color yeah just kind of yep. making sure we're all things are moving i guess as yep. well you know which is still a crucial part of every shoot i think it's one of the most yeah. under undervalued uh, segments you know pre-production and mm. a lot of things a lot of people especially at the beginning will be overlooking like oh it's okay i'll, I'll get it done when i get there i'll come up with the with you know the different shot list and whatever in my head it's like <laughs> nobody you know, yeah, it's just gonna, yeah. you're gonna probably pay i mean like that. like you could even yeah. even like even i'm gonna say in like the last few months we've had stuff where it's like okay we're making the shot list the night before yeah but like we know what the outcome is mm. i think that's the thing like mm. we all kind of have been across the idea we know what the outcome is and then it's okay we just put down the thing so we can tick it off and make sure we're getting what we need you mm -hmm. know but everyone kind of knows they have it in their head. It yeah. might be a different version of it, yeah. but the outcome is very kind of, okay, this is what we're doing. Because you kind of, you know, if you're working with an agency, you get briefs. Or if you're working with an artist, you kind of send them a treatment and then you kind mm. of get that. And that's like the recipe, right? Mm. So you have like the recipe of what you're trying to create. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And as long as you're very clear with the end result of how, okay, what what are we trying to portray with that video? How, and like, what exactly are the type of shots and the transitions? Like if you can define exactly where you're trying to get, it's easier because then it's just pre-production is basically what are the steps for us to get there? Yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh, okay. If we want to do that transition, we need to do this and this. If we want that type of look, we're going to use these lenses, this stuff. You know, like if you are very clear on that outcome, it's very easier to get there and put in the different steps. Yeah, exactly. Like you can... You can reverse engineer it nearly, yes. you know, and I guess, I guess that's also like across a lot of things that mm. I guess you would do as a creative, you know, you see something like, how do they do that? Mm. And then you reverse engineer it and you're like, okay, this is how I can do it. And this is how I think I can do it, you know? So yeah. I think it's just that, you know, like you yeah. see an idea, okay, you break it down. And even if it's something like, you know, it's green screened and like mm. com composited or something, you know, how do I, how do we break that down so we can try and achieve something similar? Mm -hmm. yeah. Even though it seems like it might be like, yeah marvel movie yeah. level production or whatever it is you know yeah how can we achieve it with yeah. you know a fraction of the budget yeah <laughs> yeah exactly just off camera we were talking about your creative style and you said a few very interesting things what would you say <laughs> about like how does someone develop their own artistic style yeah i guess i guess what we were talking about was like um high fashion campaigns right and how um like I would, I'd always seen some stuff like in high fashion campaigns and whatever it is. And it kind of feels like, like it's not always clean and it's not always like you see it and you're like, Oh, I don't know if that was good. Mm. Like, I know it was okay, but like, it didn't feel like it was like a good video. Mm. But, um, then like I was just saying to you, like I'd seen something in the last like maybe month or so where it was like by, by picking certain things and by adding certain imperfections to something, it can create like its own its own style and its own kind of thing and make it unique mm. and it's like if if everyone knows how to make a perfect video and they're all doing that then everything's going to be the same so it's like maybe if you break the rules you can kind of come up with something different and unique mm. so yeah i guess like seeing that and kind of thinking about that and having that in the back of my mind over the last month or so it's like oh, okay how do we like 
how do we break those rules and mm -hmm. how do you do something that might be not technically right, you know, mm -hmm. like, it might mm -hmm. be like kind of like, oh, that's not really how it should be done. Mm -hmm. But then you come out with a different result that no one's seen before. So, yes. yeah, I think, I think throughout like all of our, maybe like the last two years or so on this journey, it's kind of been, you know, okay, like you see, you see like ASAP Rocky does a video and then someone, you know, everyone, everyone refers to it and they're like, oh, okay, this mm -hmm. video, we like this, you know. Okay, yeah, we'll cool. We'll try. We'll try and do our version of that, you know. Mm -hmm. So you do it, make it a little bit different, add some stuff to it, and then you have this video. But then everyone wants that video, mm -hmm. and then now like we've done it, so we've already ticked it off, and we're like, yeah, oh, we don't really want to do that again, you know. But yeah. it's kind of like how do you, how do you come up with something and like mesh different concepts together to come up with yes. something that's kind of unique, right? So yes, yeah. No, that's awesome, dude. Um, you guys are masters, specialists at the music video side of things right but probably the best in australia i would say or one of the best easily especially when it comes to hip-hop videos because I, i don't think i've seen you guys done like a like a different genre have yeah. you guys done Man, i don't think we've i don't think we've strayed far from hip-hop yeah, yeah yeah so i guess it's just kind of that niche that we ended up in and um one one that we enjoy obviously mm -hmm. like yeah mm -hmm. like i enjoy the music and stuff like that and we ended up having a few connections with different artists through through people in our team as well, you know? Mm. So from that, I guess it was kind of a, a lane that we found ourselves in, but it wasn't by mistake, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah. How do you guys come up, like every time you have a new client, a new artist, how do you come up with a new concept? I've shot, I think in the past seven years, maybe three music videos, mm. honestly. And like, I notice how a few things can make it very challenging, like bringing the idea of the artist itself sometimes can be quite complex, but also if the music is terrible, you gotta spend the entire day yeah. just listening to the same song on repeat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think we're pretty um, we're pretty blessed to sort of not have had anything really where it's like, oh, this song isn't good, you know? Yeah. Like, it's all like, I guess since early on we've kind of been at a certain level where the names all of our names combining there was me like there was uh, first off it was Moonboy and carlin leota mm -hmm. so like kevin and carlin and then carlin had connections to um like hp boys and a few different artists like this who are mm -hmm. kind of higher up in the australian hip-hop scene mm -hmm. and then like there's never really been anything that's sort of that we've done where it's kind of been like oh this song i don't know if we like it you know mm -hmm. like everything's been like songs that we like you mm -hmm. know so i guess And maybe that's maybe that's from us being like, oh, we don't like that song. We'll just not do it, or whatever it might be, you know. Mm. Or like, like maybe the timing's off, and we just end up lucky to have songs that we actually like. Oh, okay, this is yeah. cool. We can yeah. do something with this, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess coming up with ideas, like the original question, like coming up with ideas has kind of been a different thing. Like sometimes it's like you get this, you get the track. Okay, cool. You listen to it. Ask them, do they have any ideas? Mm -hmm. And then see what they say. Mm -hmm. And then like. If their idea is good, then you can start from there. And that's like the baseline. And then how do we like make it our own? You know, how do we try and do things different mm. and whatever it might be, you know? So sometimes they have no ideas and it's mm. just up to us, you know? So at that stage, you'll kind of come up with like maybe three different ideas mm -hmm. and sort of pitch them to mm -hmm. someone and be like, okay, like, you know, we we're thinking something like this or like this or like this. What do you think's cool? Mm -hmm. And let them kind of decide which path we go down, you know? Because mm. at the end of the day, it's their music, it's their they have to 
you know, they have to come to the shoot, they have to post the shoot, they have to post the video, they have to be happy with it because it's their music and everything like that. Yeah. And they're paying for it, right? Yeah. So you don't want you don't want to kind of be like, no, we're doing this and just like telling someone what to do. It kind of has to be like, oh, you know, like here's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, are you down, you know? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, and I think like once you kind of reach a certain level of like having like tra- a track record, mm-hmm. yeah. I think so it's a lot group, easier yeah. to kind of go like, oh, we should do this. And people go, yep, sweet. Yeah, we trust yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of like, at the start, it's not like that though. Mm. Yeah, at the start, it's like, like they're kind of like, oh, I don't really yeah, know who this hesitant. guy is and like, he doesn't really have much work in this lane, mm-hmm. which is what like, I think we found individually when we first started, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, all these people who pay like, you know, 500 bucks for a music video, but then kind <laughs> of, and kind of yeah. want to like direct yeah. it themselves yeah. and yeah. make sure it's their vision yeah. and stuff. And then like, like yeah. you're doing stuff now where yeah. it's like 10, 12, 15K for mm. a music video. And then it's like, they just say, yeah, do whatever you want because we yeah. trust you, you know? We so trust, it's yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> What's like, the I, minimum that you guys charge these days? Um, like I guess it's like between like 12 to 15 mm-hmm. for a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of where it's been sitting at lately. But um, with... Which I thought was insane, by the way, because I think you guys are yeah. in a position of authority that you have the entire leverage. Like you guys could be charging re- literally as much as you want just because you're so good at it. There's not many people doing it probably at the level. I, I personally haven't seen. You probably have seen because you're more in, in depth in that industry. Um, mm. But, you know, there's there wouldn't be that many people doing it in Australia at the level that you guys are doing it. So that already gives you a lot of leverage, right? Yeah, um, true. I guess I guess it's kind of like it always comes back to like how much can people in that industry afford? Yeah, that's as well, the, of you know? course. Yeah, and how much are they willing to, you know, like yeah, if if you if you get a lot of even the top artists in Australia, if they if you, they come to you with an idea or a song, and then you tell them fifteen grand or eighteen or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. like you know, it's a lot of money to mm-hmm. some some of these guys, you mm-hmm. know. So, mm-hmm. like. I guess for us, it's also a reason why we're trying to do a little bit less music videos and a little bit more brand oh, campaigns. Oh, so you're transitioning, yeah. you would say. Yeah, tr- trying to get more into like the brand campaign kind of like mm. kind of side of things and like mm. how do we how do we bring our like our flavor and like how we can do things and yeah. involving 3D and effects yeah. and different things. How do we bring that across to this this brand campaign space and offer something new? And I guess. Well, like we like we think we think it'd be like a bit refreshing, like our style. Yes. Bring it across and applying it to certain brands, you know. Yeah. I guess we wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be the best thing for every brand, because mm-hmm. like certain brands might want like cleaner stuff or, yeah. you know, like artsy stuff. We were saying, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's probably not our style. But like, if it's something that's in like the streetwear space or mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. music space or whatever it is, probably something that we can come in and bring our skill set to, and yeah, just have a fresh take on it. I guess you know. Yeah. So. And it's also like, I mean, it's less work, bro. You know, I, not not that we'd want to le- work less. No, but, but just for like, for sake of profitability of the exactly, business. Exactly. Yeah. Like from a business standpoint. Yeah. It's like you know, like these brand campaigns are usually like a one day thing because it's got models, yeah. it's got hair and makeup. There's a lot of costs that go into each day of shooting. You know, mm-hmm. so it's either a one or two day thing, and the the budgets are usually in like say, you know, you could get twenty plus thousand dollars for a brand campaign like that Mm -hmm. or something you know take that back to a music video and it's like 12 grand and you're shooting across four days and then you know like the difference is also on usually like a brand campaigns from an agency Mm -hmm. and they organize like locations and stuff and they organize talent they organize every other aspect of it and then 
you're just rocking up and doing what you do, which yeah, is create exactly. and shoot and exactly, make sure it's yeah. good, you know? And then the other side is with music videos, it's all on you. You're organizing cars, locations, yeah. extras, you know, like you'd imagine like, oh, you know, an artist, how hard would it be to get 30 people to show up? But sometimes it's hard, it's hard you know, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to get people on set to just kind of be in a shot where you yeah. want energy and stuff, yeah. you know, from like a bunch of extras in the shots. Mm. But yeah, there's, there's both sides of it. And it's kind of like, we've just been thinking and it's like, well, you know, and I guess there's one, one other aspect to it too, which is like something we just realized. It's like, kind of like if you do something for an artist, it gets seen by their circle. But if you do something for a brand, the brand's probably got a bigger circle, right? Like yes. if you're doing something for a guy and he's got, you know, a hundred thousand followers on Instagram or something, mm. it's kind of like, okay, cool. He's got a hundred thousand pe people that might see that. But if you're doing something for like a footlocker mm. or, you know, one of those kind of brands, you think, oh, you know, half of Australia might know the word footlocker. Yes. You know, yes. there's, there's more, there's more brand yes. recognition to it and more like, yeah. oh, footlocker. Yeah. I know who that is. I don't yeah. know who this guy yeah. from this rapper is, you know? Yes. So yeah, I think like there's that kind of aspect to it too. And it's kind of like, it'll help grow our brand to mm -hmm. more of a, more of a person, more of a thing where people recognize it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, it, and I think it's important as well when, when you're trying to define like the lane that you're going to be taking that it is a profitable lane. Mm. In in Japan, they have this concept called ikigai. I don't oh, know yeah. if you have heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but it's basically like the the meeting point uh, that represents like living a fulfilling life mm. by doing something you love, something that the the market needs, the world needs, that people are willing to pay for. And the other one is there's one more one more circle I can't remember. Oh, something that you're good at. You're good at, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the conjunction <laughs> of all of that makes ikigai, and you know it's important when you're choosing your creative lane. Let's mm. say you're a filmmaker or something that you're choosing one that the market needs. It's just gonna make your life easier. Like in terms of music videos, someone told me a long time when I was getting started, like uh, whatever you do. Don't choose. They told me couple industries, and one of them was music videos. Yeah, just yeah. because it's too hard, man. It's too hard to make it because in order to really have a like making a lots of money, you're gonna need to work with the top of the top of the artists because usually they don't have enough money. Yeah. Um. Usually they're self-funded as well. Sometimes it could be like a label. I don't, I don't know if it's how is it working for you guys, but they usually don't want to spend much money on it as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. So. I remember a guy telling me like, yeah, don't choose either of those. Go, go for somewhere else. Even weddings was one of them. Like that usually they have like a ceiling, you know, unless you get into luxury weddings. But how many people are actually doing, you know, like a wedding that is 20K or 50K or something like that? Yeah, know? exactly. So the, the, there's other industries that are more profitable in that sense. But it's always good to choose the one where that you actually love, that you enjoy doing it, that you're good at it. Cause that's the other thing you, uh, I'm not as good as making, you know, music videos like you guys, I'm good at other stuff. Mm. So making sure that you're choosing a lane in which you're also good at that the market needs, but you're also really good at, at doing it. I'm curious, what are the biggest business lessons you have learned since working in, in Moonboy? Mm. In terms of like money or just like in general? I think business in general. Business in yeah. general. Um, I mean, like we've kind of like, I guess the vision that Kevin had was kind of like growing a team and stuff like that. And like we talked about this last time and stuff. And I guess it's kind of like, 
you can't always have people like, I guess it's also a thing where our business model, it kind of funnels through Kevin as an editor mm -hmm. because he's kind of like the key piece that makes our videos what they are, you know, like mm -hmm. the editing, the VFX, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's usually why people are coming to us, you know? Mm -hmm. So that kind of limits how much projects we can yeah. actually take on mm -hmm. because it's kind of like, no matter how much we shoot, mm. only one guy can edit, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of been like a thing that we've kind of, oh, you know, do we, do we, do we drop the, drop the level down and let mm. like, say if I was to edit one yes. to a certain point and then he yeah. helps fix it up and stuff. Like, is that a, is that a visa viable option or is it viable to get like someone completely different to edit them as well? Yeah. You know, but then it's kind of like, oh, like, will it dilute, will it dilute mm -hmm. the standard or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. So like we got to a point where we had like where we've sort of had a team and then some people some of the guys have gone and done their own thing and started doing their own music videos which is cool as well you know mm -hmm. so i guess what i'm trying to say is like you can't always have this vision and think that everyone's going to just going to be along for the ride you know mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. kind of like people will come and go and i guess for us it was kind of like every time someone kind of left in a sense it was like oh damn you know yeah. like you feel like you failed yes. in a sense yes. either like you failed them by not giving them enough work or whatever it might be you know yes. but i think i think from that it kind of also opened up the door for for kevin's concept at least of still being able to learn from people right so like if you don't have to bring a whole team to a shoot there's a bit of extra money that you can put towards maybe someone who's a better dop mm -hmm. with a better camera with the focus puller, you know, mm -hmm. first AC guy mm -hmm. pulling focus remotely, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff, which will end, which will lead to a better end product too, you know? Yep. So there's both sides to it, you know, like we felt like we wanted to get this team and everyone's learning, everyone's pushing it and then, you know, take everyone around the world. Yeah. But it's kind of like, oh, is it too hard? Is it too, mm -hmm. yeah. I think that, I think that was like kind of one of the lessons we had to learn, like that people will come and go and it's mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, just something you have to kind of be okay with but mm. it's also i guess about like being better leaders too you know mm -hmm. i think that might be a mm -hmm. thing that both that a few of us might have had to sort of tackle and something we're still learning to do maybe you know yeah it's like how do you keep people engaged how do you keep people, yes. people involved um feeling like no one's being left out of something even though like there's mm -hmm. no budget or there might not be a need to have them on board for mm -hmm. that certain thing mm -hmm. you know how do you kind of keep everyone motivated moving yes. all that kind of stuff you know which is something quite foreign to us because mm -hmm. we've always been the ones who are yeah. in the position of being motivated by either a boss or by a paycheck or by yeah. whatever it is, you know? So yeah, I think that that's something that we've kind of like been sort of juggling over the last six to eight months, mm -hmm. even the last year, maybe just kind of a few people come and being involved in a few things and going. Yeah. Yeah. Money wise. Um, I think it's also just learning that kind of like the more you, the more you charge, the more people care. Mm -hmm. you know yeah the more you charge someone for something the more dedicated they are the more they're going to show up the more they're going to be involved and help yes. because they have more skin in the game yes. you know so that's why like we weren't afraid to sort of start putting up our prices because mm -hmm. it was like okay you know you think oh like we were thinking when the prices hit 10k for a, a video we're like oh you know it's a bit like is it a bit much you mm -hmm. know that kind of thing but we found that like the people who were willing to pay it were also more helpful you know they'd find yeah. they'd go and find something if you tell them you need something or yeah. you know they'd go and sort all their outfits out and mm -hmm. sort things out that you needed sorted out because yeah. they know they're paying this much and they want it to be yeah. good yeah whereas when we were charging like a little bit 
people wouldn't show up on time. They wouldn't help out with stuff. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot to do that. Sorry. Yeah. And you're like, we need, we needed you to pay this location yeah. for yeah. this day, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think those are two lessons. Like there's probably a lot more, man. There's probably so many more, but those are two ones that we've kind of had like recently that I guess would be like lessons. And then I guess what we we're talking about earlier, you don't all need to be across everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you can find a certain area where you have more value and you're able to push things further than you can yes. in another area. Yes. And then if you can find people to cover those bases, I guess you're going to kind of work as a team better mm-hmm. rather than everyone having their hands on everything. Yes. Because it gets a bit messy, you know, as well. You 100%. Know? It gets a bit messy. Like even sometimes if I'm like on an email thread and then I miss out on the email and then Kevin jumps in, it kind of feels like, oh, it's getting messy because it's mm-hmm. like, or if he's on emails, I don't want to jump in. Because it might feel like it's kind of confusing whoever's on the other end and stuff, you know. So, yeah, even that kind of thing, like kind of just finding certain parts of the business where you know, okay, I can handle this, you can handle this, we can handle that. And then whatever you don't, whatever isn't being handled, you kind of go, okay, we need to try and find someone to fill that role, which is where we're at now, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to get like a social media editor maybe or like Mm -hmm. social media, Mm -hmm. someone who can edit and post, Mm -hmm. you know, just because posting is not hard, but... When you're in the, it's just time consuming. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. When you're in, when you're doing the stuff, like you're documenting as well, but then it's the editing and the posting that kind of falls off, you know. So yes, yeah, like we have a few BTS sort of videos that we do, and we have like maybe three now from projects from the last six months, mm-hmm. and they're done nearly. You know, mm-hmm. they just need the final touches and to be posted, yeah. and we're kind of like, oh, every time it's like you remember it, and you're like, oh. I should do that tomorrow. Hmm. But then tomorrow you're thinking about what's next. So yeah. it's kind of like you need someone there to kind of focus on that. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah. And then I was listening to your podcast with Tom and hmm. Tom Noski. Yes. Yeah. And then. um, Shout out to brother Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I was listening to that on the way here. Just, just to sort of like get a vibe for everything. And he was talking about that exact hmm. thing. And hmm. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This is something that not, it's not just us trying to struggle with something like that. It's hmm. like. A lot of people are thinking, hey, I'm not the best at this, this, and this. I need to find someone who is, you know. So. Yes. yes, completely agree, man. And the more you look into the problems, the obstacles that creatives experience, the more you realize we're all going through the same stuff, mm. you know, just packaged in a different way. But we all go through the same exact issues, the same exact obstacles everything you mentioned you know learning about leadership how to keep the team motivated i've gone through that in the past year Mm. you know how do i get people excited on being on a project how do i get the right people how do i become the best possible leader when we are on a shoot you know to set the tone for everyone and to and to give their best because sometimes you are outsourcing someone so it's not directly their client so i have had the people that you know don't bring their best I've had the people that bring their A game, mm. but, and usually the difference is me. Mm, you know, it's true. my attitude. It's yeah, yeah. me kind of like letting them know and and like educating them on how important is what we're doing. Mm. You know, and trying to in a way as well get them involved in a deeper way than just money. You know, because yes, money is important. I think in order to get the right people on board. But there will be also stages in which you can't really afford the best talent. So you're going to have to figure out ways to keep people excited and motivated, you know, then and kind of trying to paint the big picture, mm. you know, of what are we trying to do? 
you know, I'd, I was trying to explain to uh, one of the guys that was working with me that it's like a rocket ship, you know, right now. You're trying to fucking get to space. Yeah. But before getting to space, you know, you have to build the freaking rocket. You, you got to put the fuel, you know, you got to break off and, you know, try to break the atmosphere, the stratosphere and all that yeah, before yeah. you can get to space. And it's going to get rocky. It's going to get difficult. It's going to get hot, you know, <laughs> but eventually we're going to break through. We're going to make it to space and we're going to be cruising. Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't need that much energy to keep the momentum going. It's a good analogy. Yes. It's a good analogy for like, um, for like the, the momentum, like for keeping things moving and stuff yes. and how, I guess how like you could work for like three years and then you see it pay off in like three months yes. or even longer. You could work for five years or six years. Yes. Like Tom was saying in that mm -hmm. podcast, like he's worked for like six years and realized that he was broke for six years. And yes. then in the last six months, he was saying that he's like, oh, everything's good. You know, money's yeah. good. Like things are going well. And it's like, it does snowball, but mm -hmm. you might, you might not realize it unless you take a step back and kind mm -hmm. of see, you know, here's where I was here. Here's where we're going, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think, it is difficult though. It is difficult yes. to sell people yes. on that, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, not, not that you got to sell them, but like it's difficult to get them in that same mindset where, you know, I think, I think between like Kevin and I at the moment, we think like, we think anything's possible, you know? Yes. And we think like you were That's saying it. to get, to get bigger budgets, it's not in Australia anymore for us. Yes. Unless we start going, we either have to go more mainstream with music mm -hmm. to more like pop and mm. things that like that, mm. that have more, budget behind them and bigger yeah. labels behind yeah. them or we have to go overseas where there's more money in the sound that we're that we're in you know yeah. so like that's kind of like what we're trying to trying to kind of do towards the end of the year middle of the year it's kind of like one of those things that's in the back of our mind always like how do we get to the uk and do something to the highest level. you know yeah how do we just how do we get one thing where we're out of australia doing something because we feel like if we can get out of Australia and do something in the UK mm -hmm. or the US or something like with a you know reasonably kind of notable artist, mm -hmm. we think not only will it get our name out in different areas of the world, mm -hmm. but it'll probably have a better people like recognize it more here as well, yeah. you know, and it's going to push your name yeah. up here, you yeah. know, because yeah. you're like, oh, they worked in the UK with such yes. and such. Yes. So I think that's kind of like what's next um, that we want to try and get to, but you know, it's kind of like how do you how do you just get that momentum going? You know? Mm -hmm. So one thing was that video you were talking about in Sydney, because mm -hmm. that guy's from the UK. So mm -hmm. that was something where we didn't make the most money off mm -hmm. of it. Cause um, it was just like a quick kind of thing. Like while he was touring, mm -hmm. we didn't, we didn't make much money. We didn't get enough time to edit it that we would mm -hmm. like. And even shooting, we didn't get as much shooting time as we wanted mm -hmm. with him, you know? So all these things working against us, but I think the end product's still good. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's like a stepping stone. Okay. Like if we do that for, you know, not much money. Mm. Maybe we can get something in the UK next that's mm. bigger than we've ever got here. You know. Yeah. So it's kind of like, 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 like if you were to start working for someone for free. You know, like mm. it's that kind of thing. You know, you got to prove yourself first. So we felt like, okay, we've proved ourselves in Australia, yeah. but overseas, no one knows us. Yes. So we've got to prove ourselves again yeah. in this kind of way. You know. So that leads to a good question: mm. Should people work for free? I mean, I've done it. I've done it. Yeah, mm. I've definitely done it um, before. When I think there's something to learn, you know, like if it, if it was like with someone like yourself and it's a certain project that I think, oh, okay, this is different and I might be able to learn something here. Mm. I'd probably consider doing something for free. Why not? Mm. You know, especially if you don't have anything on, you know, mm. and I think definitely earlier on, mm -hmm. but the further you go and the more 
the bigger your name is or mm. the more stuff you've done, I guess the less it should be an option for you, you know? Yeah. Even if it's, you know, even if it's not your full day rate, mm. but if it's something you want to be involved in and they actually value yeah. value your skill set, yeah. there should be some some money there, Compensation. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. like, if it's your full-time thing as well, like mm. you can't be doing stuff for free, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I was talking to a friend and it was like, they had a similar thing and it's like, you want to do cool stuff and you want to be involved in cool stuff, but mm. cool stuff doesn't pay the bills. Mm. You know, that's kind of where it's at when you're trying to do it full time. Mm. You know, if it's a side hustle, you have more freedom. Mm. You know, yeah. if you're working through the week and you have a wage or whatever mm. coming in, you know, that covers all your expenses and whatever. And there's something on the weekend you can work for free for. Yeah. You can afford to take more risk. Why not? Yeah. Because you can afford to, yeah. but if it's a full time thing, it shouldn't really be an option anymore. I don't think. Yeah, and I think it should be something used very strategically. Like yep. you were saying, mm -hmm. elaborating on top of that, like if you think it's going to lead to where you're trying to go or it's people that you really respect and you're like, you know what, I'm sure I'll learn one or two things because this is what happens. A lot of people, I think they also get too cocky too quickly. Mm. No, I wouldn't do it for free or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you look at their work or what they're doing or how they're struggling. It's like, buddy you know come and you will learn something right. you know yeah. like learn learn when to compromise at with whom you're compromising yeah you know? exactly because i there's i've done plenty of jobs for free mm. and some of them were with my best mates in you know years ago and if i didn't do those jobs i wouldn't be where i am mm. you know some sometimes i will show up to something that i wasn't expecting much of it or whatever and i learned a really important lesson yeah or something went terribly wrong and i was like <laughs> that can never happen to me you know yeah 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 definitely that, that, that's that, also... that leads to my next question what's the worst thing that's worst ever thing? happened for you on a shoot or on oh, a project man. on a client project give me give me a couple give me a couple i think like oh i'm just trying to think man there's been a lot of like there's been a lot of valuable lessons mm -hmm. i think you know some some expensive lessons i guess you know mm -hmm. as well in terms of like um, the project and stuff like that and what people are paying and stuff like that. But mm. um, yeah, there's nothing really that sticks out to me. Like I've had funny things happen. Like I was just shooting a thing for like um, a friend's production company and like it was a, it was an event with Shaq. Mm. He's like a basketball player. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And who like, doesn't know Shaq? Yeah, okay, who doesn't know Shaq? <laughs> but um, like we were kind of out the back of the store and then we were coming back out and I didn't realize he was right behind me. And there was all this like people coming, yeah. uh, there were people at the front of the door and he stuck behind me in like this little corridor. Yeah. And then next minute, like he smacks me on the bum. Oh, and he's no like, and he, goes, and he goes, hey, big fella, you got to move. You're in my way. And I was like, and I was like oh, You're telling man. me Shaq smack your yeah, bum. Yeah, yeah. No like, full, way. Like, full, like, bang. And he was like, hey, you got to move, big fella. <laughs> you know, and I was like... What the fuck? And it's How like one of that real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just one of those random situations, bro. You know, yeah. but I guess like I was kind of like, did that just happen? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I went back. That's what. Uh, oh, that's too good, but, dude. But like, no one else saw it because we're in this little corridor. Yeah. No one else saw it. I, t I was telling someone about it afterwards. They're like, what? And I was like, yeah. Jack <laughs> <laughs> like, slap your ass. Yeah, How good yeah. is that? Hey, but like. I wasn't going to fight him over it, you know, like <laughs> imagine, yeah, yeah, imagine. Yeah. Oh, but that's just, funny. Dude. Yeah. I mean, he that, seems that, like such a nice guy. Yeah. He, he was, he was, yeah? but like, I think, I think he was just a bit over, 
over the events like that. Because <laughs> yeah. when he was in Australia, he was yeah. just doing events like that. Yeah. You know, he was doing meet and greets photos, meet and greets photos. And it was another one of those. So yeah. I think for him, he was kind of a bit like, oh yeah, you know, he was kind of like, just wanted to come in, take the photos and leave. You yeah. know, he wasn't too invested in people and stuff, yeah. but he invested in, he invested in something. But <laughs> he invested into those <laughs> most random thing. You know. Oh bro, that's so but, good. Um, I guess valuable lessons though is kind of, you know, I guess when the stakes are high, it's kind of like you need mm-hmm. to be, you need to really plan ahead when the stakes are high. You know, mm-hmm. like if you have something like we've done a few shoots with that, like the robot arm mm-hmm. type of motion control capture mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And like that is like, you know, $10,000 a day or $8,000 a day, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you have that on set, you need to plan around that, mm-hmm. you know, because it, mm-hmm. it's not the easiest thing to set up, that, mo- that robot arm stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not the easiest thing to set up and it's also heavy and it takes time mm-hmm. and just all that kind of stuff you know so we've learned a lesson where we didn't make the most of the time with that mm-hmm. and afterwards we were kind of like damn like you know we didn't make the most of having that there there was a lot of other things we could have done mm-hmm. and we should have dedicated nearly that whole shoot mm-hmm. that whole night of shooting mm-hmm. to just that one thing instead mm-hmm. of trying to do all the other stuff we were trying to do yeah. in between you know so i think um like yeah that, lessons like that i guess mm-hmm. but we haven't really had any like huge I mean, disasters and stuff. We've had stuff where like police have shown up and different things, but you know, it's all part of it. You know, mm. it's all part of capturing that too. Mm. We had this one video where we were, um, it, it was from maybe like October last year. Mm-hmm. And we shot it in Melbourne with these guys called the HP boys. And we were in like their area and there was like, um, like 300 people there. They had like all these cars, all these motorbikes, burnouts, it just it got out of control though. Mm. Like people, like there was so many burnouts happening. We're trying to shoot it all. Is that the one that you had, Alex Volkanovsky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then like yeah, UFC champion Alex Volkanovsky came to the shoot. Yeah. So he was in some shots, and then do you know Hasbulla? Yeah, the little guy. He was meant to come too. Oh, he was meant to. He be was meant the... to be there. So oh. that's why there was like four hundred people there. That's because hilarious. they all came. They all came just to see him. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't end up coming because like he kind of was like. He was in the city and it was like half an hour from the city or something. And then I think he just said, I don't want to do it. Does, how old is but, he? I don't know. He's like 20 or something. But Does someone speaks for him? He had, Yeah, I actually met him. Um, I actually met him at like an event thing, but he has like an interpreter guy. But he speaks a little bit of English. Like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but I think like they explained it to him and then he was like, didn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, right. You know, so, but that ended up being like, like they blocked off the streets and then like this person had this box of like fireworks and I didn't I didn't know what it was and he threw it out in the middle of the road and then lit it and I was like what is that and then next minute yeah and this is like you know 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night in the suburbs (laughs) and then like and like police come and there's guys with flares and like like the police started the police weren't coming to try and arrest anyone because there's too many people yeah but they started blocking off all the roads so you couldn't get out so we like we're like once we saw all that we're like not back in the van all the gear and just like try to go to the back streets and get away, you know, because, because like, yeah, it just got so out of hand really quickly. But yeah, I think nothing's, nothing disastrous has really happened to us did, on a shoot. Did, did you had, uh, I, I remember off top of my head, like some sort of a funny experience that you had with Alex Volkanovsky? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to let you on the streets. Yeah. Say, <laughs> what was it? Can't like, remember. Well, it, was, it was in the middle of that, that exact shoot. Yeah. yeah. And okay. then um, for some reason, like I stepped forward and because it was like crazy and there's yeah. like burnouts going on and every, there's so many people and stuff and we're trying to just shoot. I like, I called him Steve with like so much, <laughs> like with so much commitment. I looked him in the eyes and I was like, Steve, 
I was like, Steve, step forward. And he looked at me and I was like, and I was like, come forward. And then he just looked at me for a second and was like, what? But it wasn't until afterwards, I was like, I said to one of the guys, I was like, oh man, it was so cool. Like having Steve Okonovsky there. And he's like, Steve? And he goes, Alex Okonovsky. I was like, wait. And I was like, oh man, I called him. I called him Steve, like to his face, like, like this, like this far apart. I said, hey, Steve, step forward, throw us a few jabs to the camera or something, you know? And then like, oh, I, then I, I told, I told the guys yeah. we shoot Eternal with. Yeah. And the next time we're at Eternal, he was there. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, you know, did you say hi to him? Briefly. <laughs> hey, but Steve. It's, it's funny, like, like as a joke, as a joke afterwards, I messaged yeah. him on Instagram. And I yeah. said, I said, thanks for coming to the shoot, mate. Sorry for calling you Steve. <laughs> and he replied and said, you call me Steve? Oh, shit. Oh, Don't worry about it. All good. You know? Oh, that's And he actually hilarious. replied to it. I was like, oh, my oh God. man. He seems like one of the coolest human beings. Yeah. He... Yeah. Let's clip this for the future <laughs> when we have it on the podcast. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. So... Yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's no. Right. Yeah, that's that's awesome, dude. Um, tell me something. For someone that is getting started, mm. they look at the work that you guys produce mm. and they'll be they'll feel very, you know, belittled by looking at this kind of work. How what would you tell to someone that is, let's say, they haven't been doing this for a long time and they see mm. the kind of work that you guys produce and instead of being inspired by it, they're like fuck i could never do something like that and they feel it, it's kind of like generating the opposite of it what would you tell to someone like that i think i think we have the same thoughts when we see other work you know it's kind of like we see something from someone like um valentine petite you know he's like a director who unfortunately passed away just recently um but his work is like his work's exceptional you know music videos brand campaigns And like, we look at his stuff and we're like, damn, you know? So it's like, no matter, no matter where you're at, there's always someone that makes you feel that way. There's always, there's always going to be something or like a piece of work that you look at and be like, that's crazy. Like, and then you feel like all the stuff you've done before doesn't mean anything. You know, even if you've been doing it, like we've probably been doing it like seven years now mm. as like, a, you know, as our full-time things mm. for either Culture Kings or Kevin was just doing his own thing with music videos and stuff, mm. you know? So even though like you've done it for seven years and you feel like you're kind of at a certain level, there's always something gonna, that's going to make you feel like, oh man, we're not anywhere near where we could be or need to be, you know? Mm. So I think keep that in the back of your mind. Like even though you look at something that, and you go, damn, that's crazy. But we were, we were once just like two, two guys who like were just taking photos in the city mm. and our photos sucked, you know? And it's kind of like the repetition and being able to do it and have that just like passion behind it. I think if you just keep getting the reps in mm -hmm. and you find the right people to connect with and learn from, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, like I would even say like editing like Kevin, that intimidates me still, you know, even though I work with him. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that because it's like he went down that path. Mm -hmm. But there's probably certain aspects of, of shooting and stuff that maybe he couldn't do like I can, mm -hmm. you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're not always going to be like 100% across the board as good as every person who specializes in things but if you just find what you're good at and work at it mm -hmm. and if you love doing it it's gonna it's gonna fuel it and make you keep going you know yeah like I, I, you know you guys you and tom were talking about being obsessed and it's like oh, okay yeah back in the back of my mind i was like am i obsessed mm. but i think 
I think I am. (laughs) And it's it's, it's that thing. It's that thing, you you know, like, um, I've never thought of it as like an obsession, but Mm. it's like, yeah, just you see something and you're like, oh, that'd be cool for a shoot. Mm. Like I'll just be driving through the city and like my head starts turning. I'm looking for like locations for shoots Mm. and stuff, you know, Mm. or whatever it is. Cause you Mm. never know when you'll need something in future. Yeah. Those kind of things where it's like becomes part of your daily, like your daily subconscious habits where you're like looking for locations to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're just like, you see like someone on like an Instagram video or something and you're like, Mm. oh, that person would be cool if we ever had like a project like this Mm. and you just keep them in mind yeah you know yeah and then like down the road you end up actually working with them on something because you saw them in this one thing and then you end up getting them for yeah. actually something you're working on so yeah. there's heaps of stuff like that where it's kind of been yeah and to go back to it i mean like if someone saw the work that we're doing it's like we were all like we were all just like yeah started at the same point you know picked up a camera and started doing something mm-hmm. so it's kind of like yeah it might feel intimidating but you know if you're willing to do the hard work and you're willing to, you know, network and mm-hmm. find people to teach you and stuff. Yes. You're going to, you're going to get somewhere. You're going to get somewhere and it might even be above where we are. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's just like, you have to make those steps though. That, that one, especially the second one, finding a mentor, mm-hmm. it's a huge one. If you can find someone that is doing the thing that you want to be doing, mm. your journey will be accelerated by 10 X. You know, it's crazy how fast you can get to where you're trying to go if you find the right person to tell you where the path is yeah sometimes you're just not on the right track of getting there you know and you need someone that is it's been there done that and can tell you hey buddy it's not that way it's, it's not this that way, way. Yeah, you know like yeah. I, it happened for me if it wasn't for my friend guillaume you know like mm. he he was way ahead of me when i met him and because uh, you know this this is another thing like don't just go to someone and be like hey mate it's awesome what you're doing how can you help me get there Mm. no like provide value the relationships have to be symbiotic you know if they if you become a parasite nobody will want to help you nobody will want to you, you know tell you what to do some some people might start doing it i do it you know i i start telling people yeah you should do this this and that but if you just continue to be a parasite, it's unlikely I will continue to help you just because I, I will I'll get a sense of who you are and what you're trying to do, you know? And it's like, what's in there for me? You know, because yeah. I'm giving you my time and the, the more you grow within what you do, your time is worth more money. You know, yeah. my time is worth money. So like, I, I'm not going to put my time into someone that is just trying to take, take, take and not give. Yeah. So find ways to provide value. Back then I, find, I, f- I found ways in providing lots of value to to him and guess what he just started sharing because good good people will want to share things with you especially when you provide provide give 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 they they will feel like fuck i need to give something back (laughs) i feel like that when someone is giving me a lot of value i'm like shit i need to give something back to this person because i feel terrible if i'm not Mm -hmm. you know so find ways to provide value and value is subjective so value sometimes is money, value sometimes is, you know, help with something specifically mm. for, for that person. So find what's valuable to that specific individual, try to provide, and you you will see some sort of return on investment in that relationship. But if you can find someone that is ahead of the game, it's just going to help you get there way quicker than trying to do it all by yourself. Yeah. And that took me a long time to understand. And, and probably I would have been... I would have been a millionaire by now in the real world, like because in I am a millionaire already, just hasn't manifested into this physical realm. 
but I'll probably already be there if I have talked to the right people mm -hmm. back then. Yeah, I think like like a big thing that we've tried to do, like like I said, building a team, like mm. trying to build a team. It's kind of like guys who have been part of the team and have kind of come and gone. They're doing good work for mm -hmm. themselves now, and it's mm. and it's like they're nearly like, you know, they're they're stepping up and making a name for themselves as mm. well. You know, mm. and it's not just like it's not just off the back of Moonboy Studios or something yep. like that. It's like no, they've actually gone and started directing and editing and yep. doing all their own stuff and learning like. Yeah. And becoming like way better filmmakers like like i would say like one or two of them are probably better editors than i am now mm, because sick. they've gone and they've gone and applied all this stuff they've learned from kevin and like learned stuff themselves sick. and i think for, for me and kevin and also carlin it was like a big thing for us was like if we can if we can remove just some of those road bumps for people that mm -hmm. we've faced mm -hmm. you know yeah. Yeah. and it's not even people that we know like if, even if we're like even if it's through a youtube video or through just like answering someone's questions yes. on Instagram. Like if we can just remove a few roadblocks for someone. That, feels so good. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of makes you think, oh, okay, you know. But like like you said, I'm 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 like, but damn, I wish I wish that we had us back then to back ask. Then. Yes. You know? Exactly. I wish that we were in the position yes. that some of these guys who are like twenty, twenty one yes. are are now where they're kind of like underneath us and like kind of asking us questions and seeing what mm. how we do things and mm. why we do things and how we light things and yeah coming on set and setting up lights and then being like, oh, okay, for my shoots, I'm going to set up my lights yes. like that. You know, I'm yes. going to get, make sure I have this gear, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that all of us never really had that, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. I had, I had a guy who I did weddings with, who was mm -hmm. a friend from like, even back in high school days, mm -hmm. he just started doing weddings and he was really good. Mm -hmm. um, and I just shot some weddings with him and he taught me a lot about storytelling, like visual storytelling mm -hmm. and like, um, even like about, was quite near the start of my video career or whatever you might say yeah. and he just taught me like some of the basics about like frame rates and stuff like yeah. that you know yeah. like things like that yeah. that before then i was like oh it looks all good on the screen let's <laughs> let's hit record you know <laughs> and i didn't realize i was doing things wrong you know yeah. so i think from from that it's like i have had certain people that have taught me a lot yeah and sort of contributed to the journey you yeah. know but i haven't had like a mentor as such mm -hmm. that i feel like could have like you said mm -hmm. could be maybe five years ahead of where i am now yes. you know yes but i guess like you can't you can't look at it and be like oh damn like that's not a reason to mm -hmm. that's not a reason to never get there yeah you yeah, know exactly. it's probably more of a reason to like go okay just have to work twice as hard now right yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah so why do you think most filmmakers free freelancers and even some video production owners struggle why are they so many struggling artists starving artists it's probably like a bunch of reasons right mm. it's probably like um like imposter syndrome like not thinking you're worth what you should be charging yes um maybe even like coming from like a, a mindset of like scarcity like mm -hmm. you don't think there's enough work mm -hmm. um what else probably and probably like just knowing that it's quite a um quite a saturated industry mm -hmm. i think like it's becoming yeah. more it's becoming more like romanticized i guess you might say or like like oh that'd be sick i want to do videos you know totally. like so everyone's trying to have a crack at it and mm -hmm. it's kind of like you see like more and more people trying to do content and do videos and do films mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. music videos and stuff and it's like oh, okay you probably feel like there's a lot more competition there as well mm -hmm. so you might you might cheat yourself out of work or you might you know doubt yourself along the way mm -hmm. and stuff you know so it's probably a bunch of different things mm -hmm. but I think like, I think it probably is the self-doubt and maybe 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But I think I think definitely like I think we were talking about this last time I was here and it's like are you a businessman or are you are you a technician? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. you kind of need to you need to find that out early because if you're a technician and you're just about the art and stuff, mm-hmm. there's probably businessmen that will hire you yep. to fill those roles and do a damn good job at it. Yep. But if you're a business person who also does filming, mm-hmm. then you're probably more equipped to do the entrepreneur freelance type life. Totally. Because you're going to be thinking you're going to be thinking about obviously like making money, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and like, like, you know, money does buy the freedom to then do what you want. So absolutely, I think a big thing that we're trying to focus on now is like, how do we, how do we set up some of these like more passive side of incomes? You know, mm-hmm. how do we, if we're on a shoot and we have like a whole, a whole set set up, mm-hmm. how do we shoot some stock footage to put on a website and sell, yes. you know, all these little things that like could, you know, they're not going to be an overnight thing, but if you do them consistently for a year, mm-hmm. you know, they could all generate their own little bits of income and stuff, you yes. know, even if it's like LUTs, presets, yeah. all these all these things that we haven't really done yet. Yeah. But I feel like we have an audience where they might have some success if we were to do mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like, yeah, being smarter about money is probably like the mm-hmm. biggest part, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think all of us aren't really businessmen mm-hmm. in our team. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're learning slowly, you know, like, yeah. and I guess it's all part of it, right? As long as you're moving towards it and you yeah. stop making those same mistakes that you've always made yeah. and you start realizing where you can do better and actually doing better, mm-hmm. I think it keeps you on the right path. But I think that might be the main thing that a lot of creators struggle with. It's just the money side, right? Yes. Yeah. And it, I think I think it takes a long time for creators to realize like, oh, you're just not a videographer or photographer you're probably a, a business owner mm. you know for most of them yeah. some of them will be just freelancers or whatever but still you have a business so if you don't learn how to run a business you can be doing awesome projects but are those projects being profitable mm. how much are you keeping you know after you do the project are you if you were to hire someone like you to get the project done because usually what happens as well is a creative will take a project and they're like, you know, they take a month to get it done. Mm. If you, and, and they were like, oh, I charged 10K for it. It's like, wait, but it took you a month to do it. How many days were you working? How many days of shooting? How much, you know, how much editing? How much in terms of gear and stuff? So, so by the end, you're minus 10K. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if you were to hire someone to get that job done and it would have taken a month, you will be bankrupt. Mm. Right. So it's understanding how uh, like the basics i think of business and changing that mindset of i'm just a creative to i'm a business owner was a big step for me and i've seen that it's very difficult for creatives in general just to step into that new role yeah and it changed everything man Mm. just just understanding value understanding pricing i will add to everything that you mentioned sales and marketing if you're not doing sales and marketing that i wasn't doing for a long time it hurt me in every possible way mm. as a business owner, you know? So understanding how to um, sell, communicate uh, your value, what you're doing, learning how to close people, and then having a way to bring consistent people that are in need of your services and that they are in pain in that sense, that they have a pain that your service can act as a vehicle to solve that pain, that pain to take them from a point A to a point B and get certain result that that person is after. Mm. If you can learn how to communicate that and not selling videos, but selling outcomes by selling results, that's 
the biggest change I've noticed for my business and for the people that are making serious money yeah. within the industry. Yeah, I think I think that's something that we're we're still still learning to do mm-hmm. in our business. You know, mm-hmm. still learning to um, because it's like oh, you could you could get x amount of money and then pay everyone to make it really good and stuff and then you walk away with this much and the business makes this much and it's like oh okay but then it's like is that three work three three weeks or a month Mm. of time of everyone's focus and energy and everything Mm. is it going to be worth what's actually left at the end you Mm. know because i think like right now we're kind of in that mode where we're just it's all ins and outs right yes it's just like have more ins have less outs yes so I guess that's what we're trying to do at the moment mm. is kind of like, and if it is an out and it is a big out or it's mm. a big, a big expense, like you might say, yeah. like how much value is it going to bring back? Yeah. You know, like, like shooting a project and having a guy with an Ari and, um, you know, the first AC and having a good gaffer, mm-hmm. how much are all these roles that we'll have to pay out? Mm-hmm. Is that going to then lead to us getting more stuff in that space and making money down mm-hmm. the road long term? Mm-hmm. you know, which I think I think the answer is yes, but I mean we've only started really kind of doing that, so it's yeah. kind of like I guess just a wait and see thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, for us in future though, like we want to sell, we want to try and sell a package where that's covered, mm. plus whatever we're yeah. actually making as a business, you yeah. know. Nice. So like, if you want the nice camera, if you want mm-hmm. the big the big crew or whatever it is, yeah. it's going to be this much, yes. you know, because then then you know it's covered and then you're not worrying about. And then you you don't have to go to people and be like, oh, I know your day rate's yeah. three grand yeah. for you plus yeah. the camera and stuff, but can you do it for two? Yeah, because yeah. like we've we've had to do that here and yeah. there, you know, yeah. Yeah. just just to make it. Fit. We all have to to do it. Yeah, just depend, to make it fit yeah. though, you know. Yeah. But it's kind of like if you do have a bit of leverage, like you said, and mm. you do have kind of a name, and the project's a cool name or a good brand yeah. or a good artist, yeah. people are willing to come to the party for yeah. different amounts. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that even touches back to like that working for free thing. It's yeah. like if you think it's yeah. worth it. Like if, if, if we reached out to someone and it's the first time we've reached out to them and yeah. they want to work with us, yeah. they might do something for less, yes. you know, yeah. but it still feels bad. Yeah. Cause you want to pay feels bad, like a, leveraging yeah, someone yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know, it, but, totally, totally. But sometimes it's, it's just like that depending yeah. on the, and as well on the budgets and stuff. Exactly. What's, what's the worst piece of advice you have ever received? The worst piece of advice. I don't know. I probably didn't listen to it. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't listen to it. Um, oh, I didn't even know. I think I think I'm. I think I'm quite selective of who I take advice from, so maybe there has been no good, no bad advice. Maybe. Yeah. Just if if anyone told me to shoot on Nikon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes i know there's probably one or two people like, who said shoot on nick like one. i don't like yeah. that you get away from me man yeah. um but i i think i think like i said like like maybe maybe i'm careful of who i take advice from mm. because like there's this thing that one of my friends was talking about this is years ago and he was like oh you know don't get caught up in like anything like online and all that mm. you know like if you post something and everyone's like yeah it's amazing whatever it's like okay cool you know learn to take compliments mm-hmm. but don't like get an ego from it you know yeah. like stay humble and stuff yeah. like that but like one thing he said to me was like that he tries to do or he had been doing is like taking you know having like 15 20 people mm-hmm. who he he holds their their opinions in high regard mm-hmm. if you know what i mean yeah. you know so like like you know you're not just like getting an inflated ego from every person he's like oh that's sick or whatever yeah. and you're also not getting deflated by people who go oh yes. that could have been better or that was shit or whatever yes. it is you know but 
but having those people that you know like kind of like mentors in a sense or people mm. in like the like-minded space mm. like if you were to give me feedback on something i'd take it on mm. you know and there's but then if it was some random guy on the street or someone i don't know mm. number one show me your work mm-hmm. number two what have you done to make me like value your opinion you know mm. so i guess that's that you know it's kind of like if you have a handful of people that you can trust their opinions and they'll give you constructive feedback mm. and like it's not just a random person online being like that was shit or whatever yeah. you know it's like Keep those people around you, you know, because mm. like they're they're valuable. Even the guy who I did weddings with, who I told you about, mm. who taught me like some of the basics of video when I first mm. started. Like we're having dinner tonight, you know. Yeah, like we're we're still, and it's like he's he went from doing weddings to portraits to full time YouTube now. Yeah, you know, and he's made that his lifestyle, which is nice. right. for me. I'm like, damn, you know, that's yeah, cool. That's you know? awesome. That's cool because like that's something that I guess everyone kind of would want to do. Yeah, but um. He's someone whose opinion the whole time I've valued, mm. even though we don't see each other all the time and stuff mm. like that. Every time I really need someone's opinion or something or some advice, I'll try and ask him, Yeah, you know? Yeah, 100%. Filtering opinions is important. Mm. What are the best three pieces of advice that you can give to the young version of yourself or young or even old creative entrepreneurs out there that could make their life easier? That will save them some pain. It could be any area of life, like relationships, money, business, entrepreneurship, health, whatever, whatever you you continue. If you die tomorrow and you can only leave three pieces of advice to all these individuals to make Damn. their life better, what would you say, Mr. Jacob? I would say I had something and it went. Damn. Okay, I would say that um, like never be afraid just to like to put yourself out there, you know, because like if you limit yourself, whether it's like by doubting yourself or your own skills and stuff like that, you're never going to know what could have been, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. So like always like if, if you're like, oh, I want to work with this person, just send them a message mm-hmm. or find a way to get in contact with them or whatever it is, you know. Don't just be like, oh, no, it'll never happen because mm-hmm. if you never do it, it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. But I've had some crazy opportunities come from just a simple Instagram message, you know? So I think like that's probably number one, like don't be afraid to reach out. And then also like the importance of like networking, you know, mm-hmm. the importance of finding like a network of clients mm-hmm. that you that you get along with and you can work with well. And then also team members and then also just other creatives in the same space, you know, because mm-hmm. there's always going to be someone who can go, oh, I, I can't do that. But these guys can. Yes. And they'll pass someone along to you. And if you have like that little ecosystem around what you mm-hmm. do, I think it's going to be good long term for getting your name out there, branding, you mm-hmm. growing your business, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And just and just also just having like a good group of people around you that are just going to support each other along the way. Because yeah. everyone, like you said, everyone's in everyone comes along similar things in their own right. Yeah. yeah. I think one that I've learned over the last like six months is like just to try and get healthy. Mm-hmm. yeah i think for me like it's kind of been a thing that's I've always kind of struggled with mm-hmm. but it's something that i've realized in the last six to six months to like the last year that i probably need to get on top of you know i'm not getting any younger and stuff so mm-hmm. it's like if i don't make those changes like am i going to be around long enough to do what i want to do yes. you know yes so i think that's very important as well um the last bit of advice i don't know like just like if you if you work at it if you work at something like I think it might not feel like you're getting anywhere, mm-hmm. but eventually like, 
Like I think you said this last time I was here as well. Yeah. It's like you feel like you've worked hard out for like the last like a year or so. Yeah. And then only in the last month, yeah. it's kind of felt like it's come to fruition. Yes. Yeah. As long as, as long as you kind of know, as long as you're on the right direction, yeah. it doesn't matter the speed, right? Yeah. You know, like all that kind of stuff. It's like a metaphor or whatever, but I think, I think it's true, you know, like, like the whole, the whole time ever since I started doing stuff with a camera, yeah. I've known like what direction I've been going in. Yeah. I want to just want to do, I guess, I guess my thing was like, I just want to do cool stuff that people can look at and be like, damn, that was cool. Or yeah. they get inspired by it or tells a story. Yeah. All these kind of things, you know. Yeah. And if I'm doing that, then the money side has always kind of been second to me, you know. Yeah. But it's only now after years of doing it like that mm. where the money side started coming along as well, you know. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, like we can make decent money off this, you know. Like we yeah. can grow our business further. We can do things. Yeah. Like you were saying sales and marketing. We've never done that before. <laughs> like we haven't. Better like, get on top of it. I, I mean, but yeah. like, like it's a blessing and also yeah. it's like a thing like, oh, if we did that, where could we have gotten to? Yes. But we've always felt like we've been busy, you mm -hmm. know. So it wasn't wasn't until quite recently where I'm like, oh, if we were doing that, mm -hmm. could we have had higher ticket clients? Could yes. we have had yes. bigger brands on board earlier yes. or whatever it might be, you know, through certain advertising sort of things or yeah. whether it's just running ads or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I think the biggest part is just posting on social media though. Yeah, as well. Like we haven't even been doing that consistently. Yeah, so that's the yeah. first step. And then from there, yeah. like we've just got a website. Mm. we didn't have a website for the last year because oh. our last one was kind of like bugging out so we just yeah. took it down yeah okay but it didn't stop things from coming along though yes you know so like blessed blessed in that concern but yeah. also like yeah something that we probably should have been on yeah sick brother yeah man this was we're gonna have to do a, a round two that was awesome oh, thank you're, you you're you freaking incredible man by what you guys are doing it's amazing like, oh, like not nothing short of spectacular so please keep doing it keep crushing it we'll definitely love to have the other half of Moonboy. um and dude where can people find you it, like get in touch with you see your work yeah yeah um well the website's coming along still but like um just like instagram is probably our thing at the moment so just like at moonboy underscore studios um kevin's at is at moonboy dot underscore and i'm at alter ego visuals there's this there's an underscore in there somewhere as well i always forget where the underscore is in my own thing it'll be linked below yeah anyways. there'll be a link below but um yeah that's kind of where we're at um in terms of like our work and stuff like that yeah. but um yeah i've been too quiet on socials man i gotta start I got to take your book and do a video a day or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I like it, bro. And yeah. people need to find more about you. You're super interesting and you're yeah. crushing it. You could definitely provide a lot of value for creative entrepreneurs, which is my hope that today you got some little nugget for you to make your life easier. If you did, please don't forget to leave a like and a comment on a YouTube video. If you want to give the extra mile, if you really want to support the podcast to get it out there for as many people as possible and for us to keep bringing the best possible guest on the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's the biggest way to give back to the podcast. Make sure it's a five-star review. Tell tell people what what do you like about the podcast, about the guests, who do you, would you love to to for us to bring on? And that, that way I can see what's happening and what's the feedback that you guys are giving. Don't forget to follow us on every social media platform at The Creative Grid. I'm at Nelfalef and I will see you on the next episode. Good advice for everyone. You. How's that, brother? Good, bro. Yeah. <laughs>